Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here on the Ohioan. Oh man, uh, just kind of a just a emotional week to say the least. Um, this week we saw the um, prosecution and um, guilty verdicts, which were surprising, but it seemed um, it seemed good that some action finally got taken with the Derek Chauvin case. Again, we're not court experts, but watch the video, um, and I, I think it was pretty clear what was happening there. Uh, but sadly, at the same time, we looked locally, and what happened was there was a police shooting involving a teen here in the Columbus area. Um, we saw some police video from the scene. It looked like the teen was trying to stab, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, another person. Um, and, and honestly, you know, I, I got Richard Quill here with me from Al Things Work at Ohio State House, and the whole thing's sad. I'm not going to sit here and go, yay, please, yay, you know, girl. It's more of how can we make this not happen again? And if I can understand maybe the police are right in their policy, but that doesn't mean the policy is correct. And obviously you got to go by the rules around the book right now in a situation like this. But, Rachel, let me know what you think. I mean, I, I think the whole system is failing here. I mean, I have foster kids. It's, you know, I don't think the system's working correctly in terms of foster kids, in terms of giving them the support they need, giving them mental health. I, I, I'm just sad today, just in general. I mean, I don't want to go on this big rant, but I'm sad about what's happening right now in Columbus and Ohio in general. It is. I mean, a child is dead. That is yeah. devastating. No matter the circumstances, it's devastating. Um, and, you know, you think about her family and her friends and the people who loved her and like, that's where we have to start with this. But Beyond that, you know, I, w I used to work in a hospital in the emergency room and we had to we had patients get aggressive, get violent all the time. And we were able to deescalate the situation without anyone getting hurt. And I know teachers who've been telling me the same thing over the last few days that they have to break up fights um, all the time in their schools. And the question we should be asking ourselves is why do we not have a policing system where there also is either training for the police or different types of professionals that you send in with this de-escalation training so that folks that shooting a, a child does not end up being the first instinct, the, the first response. And I think that's where a lot of people are, are really frustrated today is why is, why do we expect teachers and, you know, nurses to do things that we don't expect the police to do? Yeah. And you know, this has hit home more for me. I mean, honestly, as a journalist, I can kind of detach myself from stories. 
even some of the worst stories I've seen for 20 years going, hey, this is what I do for work. I mean, I'm not a monster. It still makes me sad. But I, 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 you have to detach. Because if not, I should have gotten this business 20 years ago. But I'll tell you, this story this week, I've got a kid um, that lives with us. It's in the system for Franklin County right now. I've got a girl I, I adopted that she's a sweetheart. But she has trouble. I mean, because of her background and because of what she's went through, she has time for she acts out. And she acts out to a point where if we had a policeman over or a friend over, that person would be saying, do you need help? Do we need to protect you? And it's just her. It's just her makeup. And you have to deal with her different than a typical belligerent kid. And just seeing that just scared me. It scared me personally half to death. And this isn't just for a podcast. It's just for me personally. And you might say, hey, these guys normally talk about the Ohio State House. What does this have to do with the Ohio State House? Well, uh, we had an article in uh, Columbus Dispatch this week uh, talking about there's a group, and it's predominantly Republican, the article we had. I'm sure there's probably Democrats thinking about, hey, what could we do too? Um, what do you think it's going to take at the state level where it's not just actions taken right after a horrible story? What's the long-term plan, if it's Republican, if it's Democrat, whoever, that we can see something get done? Not, I mean, we're not, no, we're never going to totally defund police departments. I, I mean, just real action to protect people, whatever it might be. Yeah. So there are, and there are several different ways that we could approach this. There's actually a bill that I really like in Congress right now, the Justice in Policing Act. And a lot of it is, you know, just reframing the way policing is done, because it's not fair to the police either to be sending them into these situations where they don't have professional mental health training, uh, you know, or they don't have all the tools necessary to be doing, you know, six different people's jobs. So a lot of these bills is like this one in Congress would, uh, you know, it would work to change the way that we police. It would uh, get rid of profiling. It would stop militarizing the police departments and work towards more community-based policing um, because you want the police and the folks in the, the neighborhoods to, like know each other. Uh, so there's lots of different things we can do from a lot of different angles that would help both citizens feel comfortable around the police, but also police feel comfortable going into these situations. Uh, and I'd love to see that happen at the state level too, but it will take constant pressure from Ohioans to make it so that this isn't just a one-off, I have to say something in the press because this is a big deal right now. It's going to take people to demand it long-term before this bill, any kind of bill gets passed. And I hope the intention's right. I'm not saying it was just a big PR grab, but it's the easiest thing to do is like we all get inflamed, we all get shocked, we get like, upset. Now mm -hmm. we're running to the press. Now we're trying to release bills. Let's do this three, four weeks from now. When the when the thing kind of subsides a little bit in the media and there's and you know it just takes some action to help people out. I, I wonder and it was interesting because a friend of mine posed a question last night when we were talking about it that you, you were just answering. I love the idea of like a mental health or my dad was a chaplain for the Canton PD. They would take them to drug raids and it was to help police guys help them because they were going for tough instances, but it was also to say, hey, if you get the chance. Could you talk to a suspect? Can you talk to someone that rearrested? I'm wondering, in a case like that, be a mental health worker, a chaplain, or whoever else, I'm wondering, it would be interesting to see a study on how much extra time that gives. So, mm -hmm. I mean, think back to the horrible police video we saw the other day. 
if you had a chaplain mental health worker walking alongside the officer to approach the scene, I wonder what they could do to add extra time. Because the question my friend asked was to say, okay, so if you wait seven seconds, could that pose a danger to the officer than the, the report of five seconds it took for him to start shooting? And, and that's what, I, I mean, I love the idea. I'm wondering how much time will I add. And we probably don't know until they set that rule, but it'd be interesting to see what the result of that change would be because it's a really interesting idea. And five seconds is huge in those situations. Yeah. You know, all you got to do is distract or create just a moment where everybody stops and takes a breath. Um, and, we, you know, we have to acknowledge that something needs to change. A, a thousand, a thousand Americans are killed by police, uh, just by police shootings every year, which is a lot. Um, and we also know that uh, more black folks, more than twice as many black folks are killed by police every year than white folks. So like, even if we don't agree on what the solution is, we know that our current system cannot continue in this, in the same pattern. Well, and that's my issue right now with the political debate, not just in Ohio, but in other places, it, it, it almost comes, and I, I don't want to stereotype everybody, but a lot of times oh. it has an R in their chest. They're like, oh, you Democrats always do this. Or if somebody is Democrat, you say, oh, you Republicans already do it. I wish people would just say, look, I am a Republican or I'm a Democrat. That's important to me. But at the end of the day, I want something to be done and not even compromise from our political beliefs, but just compromise to say, how do we put our heads together and get something that works? Um, you know, I, I've been talking this week to people who are upset about any type of gun restrictions. I, I come back to them and say, OK, then what do you propose we do? Because you can't just say everything's the same. I mean, do you impose rougher penalties on those who shoot? And, and again, we're talking more about mass shootings. It's something a little bit different than what happened on, on um, two, this week in Columbus. But it's like, if you're against that, how do you propose something that works? I mean, you got to give something. You can't just say, this is so important to me that we're not going to change anything because the system doesn't work. Right. I've got foster kids I'm scared about. And it I've had the police over to my house, to, not for an internal thing, but we were concerned about someone knocking a door in the middle of the night. I'm concerned about that because I have kids I love to death. What if they do something crazy? What if uh, my daughter punches me during that time? And she's done that before, just based on some of her special needs issues. Would a police guy interpret that the wrong way? I don't know. Right. You want to be able to think that you can call the police during these these d difficult, right. stressful moments and that the situation won't then get worse. That should not right. be the fear. Um, and so there has to be something that changes. And you're right. There has to be a discussion where folks are willing to meet in the middle. Maybe nobody is perfectly happy with the outcome, but that might be a mark of a good compromise. Yeah. Um, you know, something has to change. And I, I would bet you if we had a Columbus police officer and they were completely honest, it would be, we don't have the information we need. So don't take this conversation as, hey, Rachel, we're just bashing on the police. We're not. We appreciate police. It's just more of, I don't think we're giving them the information. I don't think we're giving them the training and the procedures we need. And yeah, hey, um, sometimes we have to support the police. Sometimes we have to, you know, help their budgets and everything. But I'm not sure if we're doing it in the appropriate way. I think we need to do it in better ways to equip them better to handle problems. Uh, because again, this girl's not in trouble and everything, but I'm troubled by the fact somebody's life is short. I mean, she could be in a jail cell right now. Again, I'm not saying we should just let her go free and get more fights. No, I'm just saying the result of this doesn't need to be in a 
and a life it's ended. So. And that was a good point you made, uh, funding the police. You know, a lot of times we, so right now, Ohio is going through this budget process. Um, and our local governments have been severely underfunded for the last decade. And a lot of that money goes to first responders, police departments. And if you aren't funding the police properly, then they aren't paying for those trainings. So maybe their officers aren't going out with the resources they deserve either, which is dangerous for everybody. So it really is, it's a large issue, it's complicated with lots of pieces uh, but I think step one is everyone admitting that something is wrong. And let's keep following it. I, I think that, you know, and we'll, we'll post a link with the podcast so you can read that if you want. Again, we're not criticizing the effort. Um, my hope is they have the right intention. My hope is they say, hey, maybe this is a bill that we could try and pass through. But I, I think the way I want to approach it, and hopefully you agree, is let's look at what's happening a couple weeks after this happens. I mean, I work at the dispatch. Believe me, there was millions of, and I'm not exaggerating, millions of web views over this story. So it's the easiest thing in the world for a politician to say, hey, I'll attach my name to what's happening. Mm -hmm. I want to see what happens a couple of weeks from now when you know we're going to get distracted by whatever the latest scandal or whatever the latest issue of COVID is to see what's happening up there. I think when that happens, yeah, let's sit down and let's definitely talk about what's happening. Because, again, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, the, the status quo is not working. So how do we fix that? So very good. Um, uh, anything coming up next week? I know we kind of took a little diversion from just talking about the State House, but our hope is this prod summit to the State House to say, hey, let's make some uh, serious action here. But uh, anything major coming up next week, just in State House discussions or? Lots of big things. Uh, that that voter suppression bill we were talking about, that one should be yeah. coming Um there's also lots of movement on those anti-protest bills and the budget just passed the House and is over in the Senate. So next week and the next couple of weeks should be pretty wild at the State House. And believe me, and that's the point of what they're trying to do, how things work at the Ohio State House. Get plugged in because it's easy to say, oh, nothing much is happening. It's happening. And not just on a year oh, yeah. like this one with, you know, police protests and COVID and everything dominant news. I mean, it, it's happening in the SOMA year. Maybe two or three years ago when you say, hey, maybe there's not as much going on. There's always things going on. And if you're doubting that, go look on the Facebook page for how things work at Ohio State House. And they do a really great job, nonpartisan, just saying, hey, here's why you should care. I mean, that's a big question to try to answer. And Rachel, it's always fun to have you on the show. And We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Hang on for a second afterwards. And for everyone else, thanks for checking out The Highland. Let us know what you think. Again, we're not yelling about defunding police or getting rid of all guns. We're just saying, look, the status quo is not working. So I love to hear ideas for how you would fix it. Again, how can we change the status quo to something that we all can agree on? All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.